On this episode of Creative Conversations with Generation Jones, we'll talk to artist and musician Jazz Ingram. He'll tell us how he turned a rake into a guitar yeah, and what it's like being a licensed rat fink artist. Hey there, I'm Maria. And I'm Stephanie. And we're your hosts for Creative Conversations with Generation Jones. A podcast where we interview real people of a certain age who have been living a life of creativity. Some do it for a living and some do it because it fills their soul. But they all have great stories and pearls of wisdom to share. With us. So grab a cocktail or two and enjoy. Yep. Today, we're chatting with one of Atlanta's multi-talented creatives, Jazz Ingram, a.k.a. Captain Love Handles. Welcome, Jazz. Well, thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. <laughs> that so, sounds like you'd say something you'd say in, a, in an interview, you know. <laughs> thank you very so, much. Thank you. Thank you very much. Pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, dude, our first question, which we ask everybody, is what is your favorite cocktail? My favorite cocktail is something that we didn't make today. My favorite cocktail you have to get at the drive through at Arby's. It's a Jamocha shake. Oh, <laughs> I love them. Do they still make those? Yes, yes they, they do. Love those. That's right. Yeah, we, I was do. there recently and asked for one. They said, oh, our, our ice cream machine is down. I said, wait, am I in McDonald's? You know? <laughs> oh, so, anyway, so anyway, we'll make we'll make smoothies instead because I love um, banana milkshakes and, and things like that. And you don't drink, do you? No. You know, I never learned to drink. I think I have a, a sense of what whiskey tastes like. <laughs> I wouldn't know one from the other. Well, if you mm. want to learn, we'll be happy to teach you. <laughs> we, we will. And my grandfather used to say, whiskey makes you sick when you're well. Whiskey when you're sick makes you well. Well, how about that? Right. I drink whiskey all the time, apparently. And he didn't. So, <laughs> But you did make us a smoothie. Well, there you go. You I did. certainly did. We made a smoothie with banana and berries and pineapple. It's delicious. And honey and yeah. milk. And so yeah. let's go ahead and try it. Yeah. Okay. All right. And let's do a little clinky clink. Well, we added rum to ours just so. We're clinking our plastic mugs. We're we're keeping up with what we're supposed to be doing. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Our tiki mugs. Mm. These are actually real ceramic, aren't they? We're good. They're plaster or something. They are (laughs) ceramic tiki mugs. Mm. And that was good. So can you give us a little outline of, like, your creative endeavors, of, you know, how your life has gone creatively for you? How my life has gone. I'm from Noonan, Georgia, which is the home of one of your previous guests, Glenn Rainey. Glenn Rainey, And Glenn's two years older than I, but I remember him and would have seen him in some plays. And uh, a quick story, I also performed Beauty and the Beast. Really? Oh. You want to hear about that? Because when my daughter was very young... When I put her to bed, I'd pick her up and we'd dance around her room singing Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> and then when she got married a few years ago, you know, you have the daddy-daughter dance. Mm-hmm. And Did so, you do Beauty and the Beast? Uh, I, here's what happened was we were doing like this dance-dance game on the Wii or whatever, you know. Right. I said, we should do one of those dances from that game because we could learn that and it'd look really cool if it's choreographed. She said, oh, I already know what I'm doing. <laughs> and I didn't know what it was. And then that summer... The live-action Beauty and the Beast movie came out, and my wife and I went. 
and got to the part where they're dancing and the song's playing. And it and I realized what she was going to be doing. Oh and my gosh. You, you ever been in a movie where you're crying and you're trying not to sniff Aww. and everything? Was, I was crying too hard not to sniff. But anyway, uh, I did manage to hold it pretty much together during the dance. So. Hashtag girl dad. <laughs> anyway, girl dad, right. so anyway, in right. Noonan, Georgia, I was, as a youngster, uh, I think I was recognized as someone with some artistic talent because I was tapped for that a lot. There were a couple of other guys in my class who were super good. Um, Brett Blevins was one who became a famous comic book artist and fine artist, mm-hmm. and he's excellent. In the second grade one time, the teacher asked us which one of us was the best or some one of the kids. <laughs> and and he was very gracious and said we were the same, but we were not the same. Oh. And, you know, when I was in kindergarten and we I would draw Batman and Robin and, and one leg was behind the other like they were running. And the teacher seemed to think that was a little bit extraordinary. So Ooh. anyway, <laughs> there you go. Your talent but you went to college early. for art. Did I you certainly not? did. Yeah. I went to Georgia Southwestern College, which is now would be called Georgia Southwestern University something or other part of the university system then but now it's got a bigger name i think and studied you would have called it commercial art then you know graphic design or whatever it's a bachelor of arts in art with a concentration in commercial art and a minor in marketing so it was kind of a it was a a graphic arts and commercial art degree it's always good to get some business classes in when you're a creative you know and so when you graduated you went to work for your brother correct right my brother david hootie ingram had um, his own graphic design business, his own advertising Does company. Does he still? Not anymore. He went to work for one of our customers at one point, okay. and I inherited the customers we had. And so I had my own art business for like three years, and then I went to work for a printing company that I've been with for quite a while. And so working for a printing company mm-hmm. has afforded you to be able to do whatever art you, you want to do, right? That's right. Yeah. Which is nice. (laughs) It is nice. It's always nice to be able to have control over what art you want to do. That's right. And and the only thing that's hampering me in that right now is uh, having said yes to maybe too many people. And I've got a list of things I've got to get done before I can get back to what I want to do, you know. Yeah. Because, Stephanie, you know, you like to, you want to sculpt sometimes and you want to paint sometimes. You want to draw sometimes. Mm -hmm. I like to do a lot of that stuff, so. Yeah, as you said before, throw it throw it on the wall and see what sticks. That's right. <laughs> it's like, that's what I'm going to do today. That, that's kind of what I do. <laughs> anyway, and I'll keep a sketchbook and do whatever silly thing that has occurred to me. And sometimes those turn into later into to decent ideas for art. So, And you brought with you three of your, are these called sketchbooks? Yes, those are Moleskine sketchbooks. Okay. Moleskine mm-hmm. or however you're supposed oh, to yeah. say it. It's Italian, I suppose. So we'll, we're going <laughs> to do a short video of these because these are amazing. We're going to have them page through it and you can see. And I, you say sketchbook and I think little pieces of things here and some right. cross outs. These are full two page amazing they, it's images. really yeah it's yeah well i pencil them out and and get them where in a race and pencil in a race and until i get it where i like and it, they're really books of drawings rather than sketches I they're suppose. really gorgeous so they're good fantastic. So, so good we'll do a little video and yeah. okay yeah so what did you want to be when you were a kid okay well I, the, the only thing that occurs to me is that I wanted to be a trash man or a trash collector because they got to ride on the outside of the truck. And you see them going down the road, and these guys would hop off the truck, dump the, dump the bucket, you, you know, like, hop wow, back on the fun. side, and away they went, you know. I thought, this is great, man. And, you know, in those days, we would ride in the back of pickup trucks. We'd ride on tops of cars or whatever, you know. Mm. And the, 
it wasn't it wasn't like it is now back in the no. early 60s you know <laughs> mid 60s it wasn't dangerous then right <laughs> we didn't have to wear seat belts that's like right yeah. riding riding in the back of a pickup truck wasn't dangerous like it is now yeah <laughs> <laughs> so since you are an artist and a musician let's start by asking you about your visual art okay tell us about uh, your alter ego captain, captain love, love handles. handles how did that come about <laughs> You know, back in, I'm going to say, 94, 95, the comic book community was meeting most, like, on AOL. AOL was Mm. the world's largest uh, internet provider. And so you would meet people there. And so there was, like, these places on AOL you could go. And so there were a group of us artists who loved comic books who started an online art club called Cafe DNA. And we ended up having more people and people around the world and we'd, we would make projects where we would contribute a project and one one time was draw yourself as a superhero and give yourself an alter ego and so oh. that was Captain Love Handles and that was <laughs> <Very> funny <laughs> right funny, yeah. and so then Captain Love Handles has endured ever since then and I'm gonna I'm gonna say that was uh, 1996 or wow, that's when that fantastic. came about so it's it. been quite a yeah, while I love it yeah, yeah. Yeah. So wait, why love handles though? Because I know what love handles are. I have love handles. Yeah, you don't have love. You handles. don't have love handles. <laughs> I'm, I won't show. I won't prove to you that I do. <laughs> I, yeah, I try not to overflow my belt. But, um, sometimes I'm more successful than at other times. It was because of the you know we say we're of a certain age. You know, I right. was in my in my thirties or whatever. You know, and. You know, that's when you start seeing those things. Yeah, so. it is. Sadly. <laughs> nah. Nah. Oh, there are there are plenty of folks who don't. I don't mean to disparage the not listener. Not in my thirties. Nah, not in my thirties. <laughs> now, but not in my thirties. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Because you're but, a mutant. Yeah. I'm a mutant, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, would you? What would you describe your artistic style as, and how has it changed through the years? It was throw it at the wall for a long time, and I still do some of that, but I have a particular style, and it's got to do with, um, you know, when I got first got this first sketchbook out of these three, it's been quite a few years, but I had a friend online who, who would had a Moleskine sketchbook and a Pentel pocket brush, <laughs> and it's a, it's a brush pen that you use cartridges in. Right. Uh, even though now I've had, you know, I've changed to where I take a syringe and refill it with a high quality ink, a real, real black ink. Um, and so I thought that's cool. So I'll get one of those sketchbooks and a brush pen. And if we were to look through the first one, you'd see, okay, these first couple pages are kind of rudimentary. And then I started to get in command of it and I was able to get to the same uh, level of precision that I was doing before with tiny pens, you know, mm-hmm. because I, I've always had this kind of chiseled shading that kind of looks like woodcut almost. Yeah, it does. Um, it does have a woodcut mm. look to it. Some of it. Yeah. And that's been my style. I mean, that's that would have been in the mid 80s when I started developing that. But I took a tiny pen and drew both lines and filled in in between mm-hmm. wherever to make it look like it was a brush stroke because mm. because I was afraid to ink with a brush, right? So then when I got this, I started to get in command of that, and I thought, okay, I can get a style that's even better because it's because it's got the great line integrity that you would have with a pen, and yet it's a little more free-flowing and a little more natural-looking, you know? And so for several, for several years now, I've used 
that brush pen is my main tool. And black and white ink is what I really love to yeah. do. And sometimes I'll take those and color them in Photoshop or on, in Procreate. Mm. But still, when I had a art exhibit at... Um, I had one a couple years ago in Athens at the Oconee County Library, and then one in Grant Park at Art House Grant Park, and they were all black and white pen ink. And um, that's what my style is. And you prefer doing by hand than computer. Right. Yeah. It's fun to do digital art, but that's not, if I were to show my art, I wouldn't show somebody my digital stuff, except to say, hey, look at this stupid thing I did. You know? <laughs> so, so, so looking through your, through your book, it sort of seems like graphic novel type images. That could be. A lot mm-hmm. of it is pop culture yeah. type of stuff and just weird things that occur to me. Um, you'll find the Mexican wrestler El Santo all throughout those books because I, I've really kind of latched on to El Santo. I saw a picture of El Santo and his buddy Blue Demon. They made movies together. They're both dead now. Made movies together where they would fight vampire women. They'd fight Martians. <laughs> they'd fight, you know, Dracula. So and, that was and your inspiration for most uh, of your thing. Was, the very yeah. first drawing <laughs> in the very first sketchbook there will be El Santo and Blue Demon. And then... Yeah. And then other people who've inspired me along the way, or that I just find funny. What, I, what, what were some of the other inspirations that you have? for? Well, you're going to find a lot of pictures of uh, Sarsaparilla, the singing gorilla, who is a great <laughs> friend of mine. He's from Atlanta, and he is, he's been around a good while. Um, Wait, what is, does he is, do? Is that a person? Is he, that a... Is well, it, he's a it's gorilla. A character. It's, a, it's a character. It's a person yeah. who wears a blue gorilla suit okay. and plays an upright bass. So he exists IRL. Oh, yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah, okay. you should seek him out. And here's the story about that. I had become aware of him. He would play sometimes at Galactic Quest, like, uh, like we would Galactic Quest too. is what? It's a comic book store. A comic book store. Okay. In okay. Lawrenceville, and he okay. would play there sometimes. And they knew him, and I would see pictures of, of him playing, and I thought, this guy looks like somebody I should know. <laughs> And so my band, Possum Kingdom Ramblers, were practicing one time, and I was saying, do you guys know about this Sarsaparilla, the singing gorilla? They were, oh, yeah, man. But none of us had ever met him. So we play every year at Toy Lana, which is a big toy convention in Atlanta. And now he plays there every year, and he entertains the crowd while they're standing in line to get tickets mm. and things like that. Does he play with a band, or does he play by himself and he, just kind of sits he in does with people? Both. And- he plays, he's, he's come and played as our bass player a few times with his upright bass and his blue gorilla suit. <laughs> he also plays in a band called When Ukuleles Attack, and he plays oh, a, I've u- heard of them. Yes. A, a ukulele okay. bass. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So okay. anyway, so we, he was setting up the night before Toy Lana, and Bambi from Possum Kingdom Ramblers and I were walking through, and it, and it was back in the back, and everybody was set up and gone back up to the front lobby. And he was back there setting up, and, and so we got to know him. We were all over him, taking pictures. Mm. Sarsaparilla, the singing gorilla. And he was in his gorilla suit back there? Um, no. No. Okay. I was going to well, say, wait oh, a minute. Wait, wait, wait. He had, he had his gorilla suit there, though, because, <laughs> because he was setting up, and he was playing. And Bambi says, you got to come up to the lobby where everybody is and play some songs while we're up there hanging out. <laughs> so he put on his gorilla suit and went up to the lobby of that hotel and started playing and got kicked out of the hotel. Oh! So, so that's, a, that's a great story that the night we met Sarsaparilla, Bambi Lynn got him kicked out of, of the, the hotel. hotel. So he came back the next day and did his thing. But 
<laughs> so I'm sure he I'm sure he really thinks highly of us like that. There are a few other like pop culture type people. There's a guy Dennis Ball here in town also. Dennis Ball is a talking tennis ball. Okay. Who has a YouTube show? He has a YouTube show. The Dennis yeah. Ball show. He's really awesome. So is he a person who wears a tennis ball outfit? No, he's, he's a not. Cartoon. He's a cartoon. He, he, he has oh, like yeah. little animated tennis ball, but he also has. If you've seen his older videos. He's holding like a tennis a ball puppet. It's like a puppet, yeah. Okay. It's a puppet made out of yeah. a tennis ball, okay. and he's making it talk, mm-hmm. and as he interviews people and things like that. <clears throat> um, the band Future Folk is another big influence that you'll see in my book a lot, and it's it's got to be my favorite movie. There's um, <laughs> Future Folk. The, the, the History of Future Folk is the name of the movie. You can watch it on Netflix, and it's so good. It's a science fiction a uh, romantic comedy musical bluegrass movie, and it's super it. good. And <laughs> and so I got to kind of know those guys, and we've and I've done some work with them and uh, illustrated their official coloring book, which was a lot of fun oh, too. Oh, nice! Tell us a little about Rat Fink. You you're an official Rat Fink artist. Yes, isn't that something? Yes, it is something. <laughs> this is this that's is. a big deal. So so in case somebody doesn't know who Rat Fink is or what it is, right? What Rat, is it? Well, Rat Fink was created. Um, by Ed Roth, Ed Big Daddy Roth. Big who Daddy. Was, Big yeah. Daddy. He's, he has left <clears throat> us, but he was known as a pinstriper, a designer of, of crazy cars. Like his cars mm-hmm. were, were just, they were futuristic and things like that. And he was also a great cartoonist, and he invented um, some different characters, but Ratfink is his most popular. And so a couple of Christmases ago, I gave my brother-in-law and myself a Ratfink model kit. Uh-huh. Because we're of a certain age, we love Ratfink, <laughs> right? Right. So this was great. So I did my Ratfink thing. I was checking out the Ratfink website and thought, you know, they got cool stuff here. They got toys. They got T-shirts and stuff like that. And they have a tab on that. I don't know if I should give this away. A tab <gasps> on the webs on the Ratfink website that says licensing. And you kind of picture, you can email them and pitch yourself and say, hey, I'm a Rat Fink fan. I'm a great artist here. Look at my stuff, you know, and they'll, they'll approve you or they want to become an officially licensed Rat Fink artist. So I get to draw Rat Fink and sell those drawings and then give the, uh, the Roth estate a portion of what okay. I make from that's me. That's awesome. That is cool. Yeah. yeah. That's mm-hmm. really cool. That is cool. That's really, they're fun. So let's pause and have a little uh, little sip of little our libation. cocktail. A little libation. Let's do. Sounds like a great idea. <laughs> One more little sip. And as we do that, we're going to ask Jazz, a.k.a. Captain, Captain Love Handles, to play us out into our fake commercial with his ukulele. All right. I couldn't be more pleased. <laughs> Here's a song I wrote called uh, Like a Possum Loves His Trash, and it's the first song we generally play at our concerts nowadays, and it goes something a la carice. I like bluegrass music and I like Taco Bell. I like playing gigs that pay in cash. But more than all these good things that I enjoy so well, I love you like possum loves his trash. Who, who loves his trash? Who? Loves his trash. Who loves his trash? I love you like a possum loves his trash. Hey! Want to sponsor this podcast? This is what your ad might sound like. 
What you drinking? A spiked tropical smoothie. It's like a trip to the islands, man. Isn't your smoothie smooth enough already? Not until I add rum to it. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Insert your sponsorship rum brand here. It, it makes, makes any drink, drink rum smoother. This has been a fake commercial. If you want to sponsor this podcast, please get in touch with us. What are some of the professional art projects you've done that are, were like your favorites, things that, you, that you've produced? One of my favorite things I've done is some books uh, is a book I illustrated with Clay Harper, who's a local restaurateur and recording artist. And he was in a band back in the 80s called The Coolies. He was in a band called the Ottoman Empire, but he still records records. And um, we did a book based on his wife and her elementary school kids where they kind of go on a uh, like a nature trail and they mm. learn about animals, they learn about the environment and stuff like that. And and we did that with a publisher and now it's gone where you find it in, uh, I think all those were sold to Ollie's and you can find them sometimes in Ollie's. <laughs> and, um, and, I told, and I told Clay about that and he said, he said, I knew that secondary market was going to kill our bottom line. And the bottom line is we got one royalty check for two cents, one royalty check for oh, eight cents. No. So, oh, <laughs> we got, we got a couple that were a few dollars more right when it started out, but, uh, wow. you know, I didn't expect it to be big, but we were at Possum Kingdom Ramblers practice one night, and I said, you know, I didn't expect this to, to be a big, big, big seller, but you know, I'm kind of surprised that nobody cared, you know? Wow. And, oh. and Ricky Zero from our band kind of put it in perspective. He said, oh, I'm, I'm never surprised when nobody cares about what I do. And, and I was like, okay, well, uh, but still, but think about that, though. You know, if you're not surprised, then if anybody cares, then it makes you, you're, you're just happy about it, right? Wow. So, <laughs> so anyway. You've done some album covers? Yes, I've done quite a few album covers. I've done, I've done many, many album covers. Um, and some of my favorite ones were, I did some for Flat Duo Jets, and I did some for you know, local bands I would mm-hmm. do through DB Records or whatever else. Um, the biggest selling one I ever did was the um, the original album for, for Freak Nasty's Da Dip album. <laughs> <laughs> did you know that song? No. Anyway, that's okay. <laughs> that was quite a fiasco. But anyway, I was doing, I was, I had like a customer that was, I was doing like half and half um, rap albums and, and British punk there for a while. So it was a lot of fun. Fun. Um, the, the Future Folk Coloring Book that we talked about, mm-hmm. I loved a lot. And if you go to Murfreesboro, uh, Tennessee, Tennessee, there is, um, the that's my art, that's the, the entryway mural there, oh. which I, you know, I did oh. the, I designed it and drew it and their team of crack artists went and put it on the wall. Wow. While How I, fun. While you I didn't stayed even in Atlanta. have to paint it. Yeah. You just outline it. <laughs> I swung by there one time. I was coming back home from Indiana and I swung in there and... And I, I walked I went in and I said I said, I'm I'm Captain Love Handles and I I did this mural here and Buddy Finnethy, who was like the main art guy for Mellow Mushroom, I said, Buddy told me I'd come by and sign it, you know. <laughs> but he didn't really, but you know, you sometimes it's easier to get forgiveness than permission. So, oh, yeah. so I said, You got a Sharpie? So this is yeah. So I went over and signed the mural really big, <laughs> Captain Love Handles. So So is it in a Mellow Mushroom restaurant? <laughs> it's in a rest- restaurant entryway, right. Okay. And oh, and in Murfreesboro they celebrate um this a lot of bluegrass and and so it's got like one of their local heroes that's in there and stuff and the mellow mushroom characters and um, 
it's kind of goofy and bluegrassy, but it's also got flying saucers and stuff, mm. too. So. I love it. I did love you also it. do a beer can? I did do a beer can for a, uh, for a Canadian company, Canadian brewery. A Canadian. A Canadian. Collective Can- Arts. Canadian? Don't they say Canadian? <laughs> Can- do they? Canadian. I don't know. Collective <laughs> Arts Brewing. And and the thing is, I did it. They they picked my design for this beer can for this one beer. And and I was all excited about that. They paid me for it. And then there was all this, uh, like the BLM stuff was happening on the hate, Asian hate stuff was happening, mm-hmm. you know, all of, mm-hmm. about that time. So they would, they would okay, we're going to do this special set. We're going to do this special set. So it got delayed. And then it was going to be back on the drawing board. And it, then it was released only in Sweden. So <laughs> What? So, <laughs> so oh, the no. name of that beer is Radio the Mothership. And so if you like, if you like look up the hashtag Radio the Mothership, you'll see my beer can with a... Uh, an astronaut swinging on a rope swing. Hashtag Sweden, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. So anyway. We'll put a link to that in our show notes. Yeah. Too. We can that's kind of fun, though. Yes, yeah. And comic books, too, I've enjoyed doing. And I did one of the um, well, the alternate covers for the new edition of the Tiki Zombie, Tiki Zombie comic that should be coming out fun. before too much longer. Tiki Zombie. Tiki Zombie. Ooh, right. something Stephanie and would be interested yes. in. Yes. Uh, you know, I zombie. love the Tiki. Right. Tiki. Well, one more thing I'd bring up is that Uke Republic, which is... A local, they're in Austell, Georgia, but they're they're one of the the one of the big ukulele stores in the country, right? Mm. And they have on their website on ukrepublic.com, they have the Captain Love Handle signature line of products there, where we have some straps and stickers nice. and whatever, and we're expanding that. So if, if anyway, there's like a like a rat fink ukulele sticker. There's well, this like, is a perfect way segue, to segue wow. into talking about your music. I was going to okay. say the same thing. It's uh-huh. almost like we are thinking with That's one amazing. brain. <laughs> so, <laughs> Captain, Captain Love, Love Handles, <laughs> tell us about your music. Okay. I started playing harmonica when I was 13, and then that's what I did. And then when you're in college, if you're a guy, you start playing guitar. Yes. So I did that. Then in 2006, we went, our whole family, big family, went to Hawaii on a trip for my wife's parents' 50th anniversary. So that was cool. So came back and then decided, hey, ukulele's cool because of Hawaii, right? Oh, right. And so started playing ukulele, and that was before Euchre Public actually had a store. So I contacted them, and Mike from Euchre Public met me on the square in Marietta one evening. And he had a blanket spread out with ukuleles there to look at and <laughs> oh stuff. Wow. And and he had special order to be mine. And so we hung out in the square of Marietta and played yeah. some ukuleles. Wow. Then there are other instruments that I play. And so we were we were having ukulele jams at the Hawaiian restaurant in town. Huh. Waikiki Hawaiian right. Barbecue. Yeah, yeah. And so the fellow who owned that place, Paul, would stand behind the counter or sometimes come out with us and play a musical saw which is a mm. saw you play with a with yeah. a violin bow, mm-hmm. right? And I thought, this is cool. <laughs> so, I was mesmerized when I saw you playing that saw. Uh, the first time I saw the Possum Kingdom Ramblers, I was like, he's playing a saw. <laughs> this is amazing. <laughs> it's <laughs> a like... lot of, well, I went and bought one and, and went to a music store and said, you got any used bows? And they said, yeah, we got a box of them here. Any one you want for 20 bucks. So I grabbed a bow. Went home and did the YouTube learn how to mm-hmm. play musical saw it's thing so and cool. started so playing. Cool. So I played on a Home Depot saw for the first year. So give us a list of the instruments that you play. Okay, well I'll say that on the on the Possum Kingdom Ramblers albums, I will play jaw harp and harmonica and ukulele, and musical saw and electric rake. Wait, 
Uh, an electric. What's an electric, electric rake? rake? It's a rake. <laughs> I have a friend, Bruce Ferrero, who has a is Ferrero Guitars. He's a guitar builder, uh, among other things. And so I had this idea for for a rake that you would play like a guitar. It's got uh-huh. two strings on it, uh, and he okay. and he also <laughs> makes his own pickups for these electric guitars he builds wow. and things. So he wound a, he wound a special pickup for it, put it on the rake. He's, it's got volume knob on the thing and a plug, and and it goes up there. I kind of make a drawing and said, "What do you think about this?" And he and the next day he was off work, and it, that afternoon he said, uh, "I'm I finished your rate. Come pick it up." So oh what does that sound so like? I've been playing. Oh, it's nasty, boy. <laughs> you play it with a lot, you know play it with a lot of distortion usually okay. because there's a lot of noise anyway, and so. And there was a lot of a lot of crackling and, and just buzzing and noise and stuff. And so I took it back to him, see if he wanted to like shield some of it so it wouldn't make so much noise. And, and he's like, "It's a rake, man. <laughs> what do you expect? <laughs> Come <right>. on." <laughs> so so anyway, there's those. And then and then I play theremin some on on those albums as well. Theremin theremins are cool too. Which yeah. is Explain. it's Ex- like a. You've seen it. It's got like a an antenna, and you wave your arms around and play it. Uh, no, and it goes, no. it's a it's a synthesizer oh, you play yeah. by. Those things that sound it sounds Ooh. like a outer space thing. Right, yes. and, and so <laughs> and so I've got a theorem. And the thing is, I've gotten I've played, especially with the Ramblers, because we played on a bunch of albums together, and I played on a couple others. But I've I've probably played on at least a dozen, and there is somewhere I just play. Harmonica and Saw. Somewhere there's an album I just played Saw, an album where I only played harmonica, you know, an album where I played Rake and Ukulele and Saw and whatever. So tell us a little about the Possum Kingdom Ramblers. Okay. What kind of music they play and you know some We like info. to call it um, we call it Nerdgrass. <laughs> Nerdgrass. <laughs> and we like to play weird places. Like we, we love playing. We've played I think four times as a halftime entertainment at the at the Atlanta roller derby, which is awesome. I love that. You yeah. know, my daughter she she was uh, in junior roller derby. Was for, she? Yeah. Oh, yeah. for a semester, yeah. Well that's fun. Yeah. This fellow Buddy Finity that I was talking about from Mellow Mushroom, who used to be with Mellow Mushroom, he decided he was gonna put together a bluegrass band. And so he chose Ricky and Bambi from the band Radio Cult. And our friend Tim, who is a great musician, and he's played on a lot of things. He's moved back home to Minnesota now. So he had put them together as a band, and he told them, okay, you, you, and you, and you're going to be a bluegrass band. <laughs> and and if, if you know Bambi Lynn from the Possum Kingdom Ramblers, she really had not ever been exposed to bluegrass. She was, she, we like played some of it for her, like the Dillards, and she goes. She's got a lot of energy. Too. Yeah. A lot is, she of great? Energy. is she a singer? What is, what yeah, is she? Yeah, she's singing? a great singer. Yeah. And a guitar player. Okay. And so she plays guitar and, and mandolin also in our band. And now she's a drummer too. And she plays bass as well. And so, what did she think when you first played this for her? She said, okay, I, I get it. It's, it's speed metal with a banjo. So, <laughs> which it kind of is, I guess. So anyway, the, the reason it's Nerdgrass is we do um, cartoon theme songs. We've done like, like our first album had Land of the Lost theme song. Oh, yeah. Um, and Tim is a big, big time Godzilla toy collector, a Godzilla collector. And he, he does eight millimeter movies. He collects those and hmm. things. He loves monster movies. So we also have the Godzilla the Blue Oyster Cult cover on that first album as well, <laughs> which is pretty cool. And our first show, we had a fella come sit in with us um, who was played Android M11 in one of the Godzilla movies. 
oh, Godzilla no. versus King Ghidra. I don't know what that is. He starred in Godzilla versus King Ghidra awesome. as Android M11. <laughs> awesome. And so he sat in with us and talked some about being in a Godzilla movie and everything. And we played some of the songs he's written and he played our set with us. And so it was called Goji Grass. It was a Godzilla slash bluegrass party at Galactic Quest Comics in Lawrenceville was our very first show. Wow. So that was a lot of fun. And now you play all over the place. And you write your own music, too, right? That's right. We've got two albums. We have an album that our first album was kind of half covers and half original stuff. And then we said, well, we'll make an album all original. So we we released those originals again and added about another five to them. And now we've got a whole other album's worth that if we can ever figure out a time to get to record, we've got it. We can, we can put out another album because we got some other goofy stuff now. Okay, one of the things you told us that you play is a jaw harp. And I just happened to have an old jaw harp that was my husband's grandfather's here. How would you use this with your band? Well, with Possum Kingdom Ramblers, sometimes it's hard to follow the metronome. So we start with jaw harp. With a jaw harp? And that's kind of our beat we go to sometimes. So here's how it sounds. <laughs> That's wild. That's wild. So cool, right? It's a spring that you play with your mouth. It's kind of the same same principle as as Peter Frampton's talk box. Oh, yeah, the talk box. The guitar feeds into his mouth, and then he makes the sound with his mouth. Bernie liked that. He liked it. He was like, what is that? There's always a dog Always a dog. Always a dog at my house. You got any funny stories? Any funny band stories? Funny band? One, like, what's the funniest... Something that happened while you guys were playing that was funny. What did happen while we were playing? (laughs) I don't know. You can't remember, can you? Gosh, I don't know. Because he was playing the rake. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) That's right. I mean, we played. Oh, here's a fun one. We were at, we went up to Raven County up in the mountains of North Georgia. And we were, we were playing at the grand opening of like a community market up there. And so we were going to play first over at the public library right next to the stage. And they had a big stage set up with this field and everything. And then we were going to come and be like the second or third act of the day right there on the stage as well. So we got over to the library and played a set. They'd had a lock-in with kids all night long. And so they were going to have these kids. We were going to entertain the kids. The kids were all like, oh, I don't know. We played like 8 o'clock and the kids were all gone home and in bed. And so there was like. Uh, one man and then this one girl who were trying oh. to get work done in the library and we were in there singing our songs and making noise <laughs> no. and trying to get them engaged and they were trying to act like we didn't exist and whatever. <laughs> so then we go down to the stage and we're, it's almost, you know, it's like, um, I don't know, 45 minutes or no, maybe an hour and a half before our set. And so uh, we want to get on there and do our sound check and set all our stuff up, right? Well, the guy who was headlining, who wasn't going to come on till eight or nine at night anyway, he had his band up there, and they were they were setting up, and they were going, kind of checking all their stuff. And so it's getting closer to our time, and they're playing, and they won't stop, you know. And so we want to get, and so we we really went without a, a sound check, but they were playing one of their songs over and over and over, and we were in this tent back behind the stage, and not too far into that. We had figured out their song and, and knew it pretty well. Uh-oh. So when we did get a sound check, our whole our whole sound check was this guy's song that we played. <laughs> except we kind of did it. We kind of did it, and you know we were mocking the guy because oh, he was. Oh, no. I mean, 
I mean, like all his settings are going to be the same at eight o'clock. I don't know. But, you know, <laughs> anyway, that was fun. But we had some friends that came up there, um, Steve and Sue, that came up there and sat in, in the field and were some of the few who watched us do our set, you know. So we played 45 minutes and got paid about where as well you, as we've ever gotten play? paid. Oh, really? Well, <laughs> so, that's okay. Yeah. As long as you got paid. Right? Exactly. For 45 exactly. minutes. I mean, it's a ton of driving up there. Yeah. yeah. What are your favorite favorite places you like to play? You know, we uh, used to love to play Avondale Town Cinema. Oh, that yeah. We, but yeah. we've played way more than anything else. We played at Galactic Quest Comics, and we played just recently at the Buford location, Buford, Georgia location. Um, and we and playing there at the at the roller derby, we played a wedding this you year. You played at the Puppetry Arts Center too. We played. You? We yeah. were we were the first band they had to do puppets and pints, uh, <laughs> and we played there for at the Center for Puppetry Arts in Atlanta, and that was fun because we would play a set and then we'd go get to mess around with go look at Big Bird and stuff like <laughs> right, that, you right. know, <laughs> which was cool. Um, so that that's a lot of fun. And and we played we try to play anything weird. So I say we played a wedding. We also have played a funeral as well. Mm. And you played a, a funeral, a memorial service, and mm. they wanted us to play I, our I song Space Cat. <gasps> so we sang. We played what? Space Cat at oh. a funeral. So. Okay, that's kind of weird. Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, this was this was um, our friend Joe the Salsa King Martin who passed away, and oh. he was a friend of everybody. Who nobody would come to see. You, you, you. He was always at our show, but we found out he was always also at everybody else's show. And how he did it, I don't know. And he would bring his homemade salsa and hand it to you and give you huh. jars of it and everything. Oh, okay. And so I, there were at least a couple different tribute concerts after he passed. We had we had one that we co-hosted up in Marietta at, at Hogganale Smokehouse up there. Hmm. So that was fun. What do you think is the biggest change uh, in your creative endeavors that you've experienced as you've gotten older? What's the biggest change from when you were younger and now? I don't, you know, maybe I was looking for opportunities to to put myself out there or something. You know, you, you know how you would have people approach you to do work on spec when you were young and mm-hmm. sometimes you might consider it. And and maybe somebody was smart enough to counsel you and tell you you don't do work on spec, right? Because no, you can't because no. you you think it's you're going to get your right? you're going to get your foot in the exposure. door and then you can raise your price. Well, you can but never you raise your paid. price. Is that, right. is I always go, you know, yeah. you can die of exposure. Ooh, right. <laughs> it's speculative work, thinking that you'll get more work, mm. which which you might get more work, but you'll never get more money. So anyway, right. uh, or getting it out there and and trying to trying to make trying to be seen or trying to to be in this place or that. And I really, I, I don't, I'm, I'm more trying to please myself now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think I'm- I get that. Yeah. <laughs> I get that, yeah. <laughs> in fact, Stephanie and I, we met at a music show years ago, and then, then we, right after that, became fans of each other's art. And so oh, yeah. I, yeah. I can appreciate that she kind of, she does dabble here and there on different things, kind of the way I like to do as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what advice would you give someone who wants to go into art? Oh, my goodness. Well, then try to make sure you you decide 
if you want to be an artist with a big A or a little A, that's what our <laughs> no, you know, good. define for us. Please define. You know, define. I think the little A is what they would tell us in art school because when I went to um, Georgia Southwestern and studied art, they were all fine artists who were teaching us, and they kind of didn't think much of people who were doing commercial art. I think, uh-huh. and so they would say, "Well, that's art with a little A," you know. <gasps> but okay. but if you want to be um, an artist and make money and work for uh, this branding company or or a big outfit, you know, if you're going to do that, then then do it. But then, you know, if you if what you want to do is move up the ladder, then be focused on moving up the ladder. But but, you know, I don't know that you'll be that fulfilled with that. Yeah. If you want to make mm-hmm. art, just, you know, know you'll be broke or or find some way that you Which can support yourself. Which is why a yourself. lot of people in the arts have a day, a day job, job like you do. Yeah. So That's you can, right. You can do whatever you want creatively. I'm, I have a lot of art friends. Instagram is where I found so many amazing artists. And some of those mm-hmm. guys have – how a person gets that many followers, thousands and thousands, 100,000 followers. They pay. They is pay that money yes. for it. Yes. Okay. They pay yeah. money for it. Yep. And okay. hashtags, lots of hashtags. Yeah. Right. But they do pay. They pay. Yeah. There's people that can get them shot out that you yeah. pay them. Okay. Yeah. That's yeah. That's yeah. not you and me. No. So. <laughs> nah. Okay. We got what? one last question okay. for yeah. you before we do our game show. Oh boy. Uh, very. Um, yes. Okay. What 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 would you consider like probably your favorite thing to do if you had one week totally to yourself, nobody's going to bother you, and you can do anything? What would you do? Okay. Men can do this. Uh-oh. Sit and think about nothing at all. <laughs> I would say, I think I that understand. first day I would sit and, and cogitate, you know, and um, I can do that. I don't know if you were, if you're like this, but but when my wife and I were dating, I think we'd be driving along and, and, and I'd start laughing to myself or whatever. What are you thinking about? And, you know. Either, either I was thinking about nothing at all, which she, she didn't buy, or I was thinking about something so ridiculous that I didn't want to divulge what it uh-huh. was, you know. Being of a certain age, there's a meme where um, it has these older these people just going crazy over something, and it says, people over 50 watching the bird feeder. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I was like, I feel attacked with that meme right there because I, love, yep. I do like sitting and just sitting, watching the bird feeder. It's a lot of fun. There's um, something to say about that. I, I would have something that. to do with music, and I'd have something to do with art. I'm sure, and I would, and I may try to watch uh, one of the Avengers movies I haven't seen yet. <laughs> so, but I would, I would do some drawing, uh, and I would do, I would maybe try to write a song. Some songs I can write. Some songs I've written in a hurry, or quickly, mm-hmm. and I, there are some that have taken years to write. What instrument? Now, I don't write many. What instrument do you write on? I write now. I write on ukulele almost exclusively. Really? Okay, yeah, okay. that's interesting. interesting. Yeah. yeah, interesting. Right. Well, jazz. Yes, ma'am. Our interview oh. has ended, and mm-hmm. it's time to play. Da, 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 da. Name that, that decade. Oh my goodness! So we're going to give you, a, you know, a phrase or words, and it's from the '60s, '70s, '80s, '90s, 2000s, and we're going to leave it at that. Okay, and it will. And each then, decade will only appear one time. It will only right? appear one time yeah. per decade, and then the last one we're going to give you. We're going to give you three of them, and then the last one will be a modern phrase and see if you know what it is. Okay, we don't know all any right. of those generally, but <clears throat> there aren't too many. All right. of these, There's not too many. Yeah, no. Okay, <laughs> a passion pit. A passion pit. Yes. Mm. Pa- oh, what decade? Yes, what decade. Okay, 
Do you know what it is? I do not know <laughs> what it is. Hey, passion he has an idea. Pit. Maybe it's maybe it's like uh, a rave from the nineties. No, it's a drive-in movie from the sixties. Oh, the Passion you, Pit. Did you do that? Because I did. We had a drive-in theater in Noonan. Oh. <laughs> there were there was a um, some friends whose neighbor. The sixties. Yeah. We were kids in the little kids. I was a little kid in the sixties. Right? You were too. Was that sixties? Because sixties. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Well, in the seventies, we would seventies maybe but we would yeah, sneak we would sneak back through the woods and <laughs> and sit on the back and watch the lips move on the drive-in theater. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> I think Andy Warhol's Dracula was on one night. We were standing back in the woods. So. Wow. Okay, so your next word is dweeb. Dweeb. What decade is dweeb? <laughs> okay, you know that one. Yeah. I'm gonna go with eighties on that. Ding 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 ding. Yep. I can see I can see one of the uh, the mean. Yuppie kids on the preppy That's kids right. on That's right. on sixteen candles calling somebody that you yep. know yeah yep. okay you got served you got served what decade okay I don't think that's as early as the seventies so I'm gonna go with the with the uh, well I will go nineties on that one then it's nineties to two thousands yeah you got okay. served yeah. yeah it could have been two thousand two thousand closer to two thousand so do we have one all right more? so one more oh. this is the phrase from today this is a taste from today and you need to tell me what this means okay. if you know if you know the word is <laughs> poggers or pog poggers or pog yeah also called bottle caps they were like these little discs. <laughs> Yes, they Card, were cardboard disc, and you would like flip them. Well, or that's something. what we know them as. But but today and, and they steal them from your kid, from mm-hmm. your friends. Today it's it's different. Today it means an expression of excitement or amazement or delight. Pog, pog. is pog is my delight. I'm having delight. I'm pogging. <laughs> they were pogging. Right. I never heard of it. But they were me like neither. the right. They were like the marbles of the '90s, I guess. Right, because you would yeah. you'd win them from your friends. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm pogging. I'm. I have, I have pog in abundance. <laughs> pog. I don't know poggers. Okay. Okay. I have not heard. Well, that. Jazz, thank you so much for being here with us. We have really enjoyed talking to you. We have indeed. Can you tell our audience where we can find your art? Okay. Since since I came up with Le- Captain Love Handles, I've been a bit of a, a whore on the internet with my art, and so anywhere <laughs> that you can go- Google Captain Love Handles, but. On Instagram as Captain Love Handles is where I would post the most art and some on Facebook, Captain Love Handles page as well. I try not to do all the same stuff at every place, you know. And there's also CaptainLoveHandles.com, which is which is a blog where I just post the art I've done that I like particularly. So that would be a place to see kind of a portfolio there. And if you take a look at our YouTube channel, we have a short video of... Captain, Captain Love Handles paging through his book of drawings which is amazing and astounding and you will be amazed. Yes. On my YouTube channel also Captain Love Handles there is a sketchbook tour of the first two books where I went all the way through them as well. So Fantastic. yours would be a good teaser for that. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. There's some crazy weird music stuff going on there too and some art. Great. So Cool. We'll put all that in our show notes and on your YouTube and our YouTube. There you go. Cool beans. So we hope you've enjoyed this podcast. Make a drink and join us. And follow us on social media. We're on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and TikTok. The links will be in our show notes. Thanks for joining us. And we will see you next podcast. 
And as Aunt Millie always said, shoulders back, knockers up. Cheers. 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 <laughs>